Welcome back to Lingua Hub Bali podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about writing and editing skills in English. In this third episode, I've invited an English friend of mine who works as an editor in an online media company in Jakarta. His name is Simon Pitchforth. Hi, Simon. Hello, everybody. Right. As a professional English editor working for an established online media company, what do you specifically do when editing a piece of writing? Okay, I usually open the piece in a uh, word processor, usually Microsoft Word, and uh, set about editing it for the first time. I go through slowly, checking the grammar, the language, punctuation also, and formatting. Um, when that has been completed, I will go back to the start, and sometimes I use a piece of software called Grammarly, which in fact is not very good for checking grammar, but it's a plug-in for Microsoft Word, and it will pick up little things you may have missed. Maybe you miss out a word in a hurry, or there's some punctuation problems, or an extra space, little things like that. I use that, usually reject most of the changes, but it will find some things I want to change. Then I go back to the start of the piece and do a final read-through, a final check. And on a final check, I will usually pick up four or five little things I want to change. And that's it. I will then attach it to my office, uh, online office system, and it will then be published. So I, I am the, the final the final checker and editor for the English language part of uh, my office, my company. Right. Um, what about when it comes to the language itself? What, what do you specifically see and um, edit? What do I see and edit? Well, I'm, I, uh, you mean the kind of pieces I'm editing? I'm edit no, no. Um, I mean like the language points or like whatever um, elements of language that you actually uh, fix. Okay. I'm dealing with quite formal pieces about Indonesian law, but it's trying to... Uh, we try to write in, a, in an easily readable and accessible way. But, yeah, just uh, common language problems are things that you might think are quite easy in English, basic level, but, in fact, they're more quite difficult, things such as uh, articles, the, the and a, which are, in fact, many, many rules for those. <clears throat> Prepositions, of course. In English, there are many so-called phrasal verbs or multi-word verbs, uh, thousands of them, in fact, which cause problems. And just basic structuring, keeping things simple, not having sentences running on for too long, active and passive tenses. Um, passive tenses often cause a problem, but they're good for more formal writing like this. I see. Thanks for that. What are some important points to remember as a non-native speaker if I want to write well in English, do you think? Okay, try and keep your... Think about what you're trying to say. Keep your language concise. Uh, don't write in super long sentences. Uh, try and be consistent in your use of terms, phrases, proper names, punctuation. 
and uh, yeah, take it slowly. Try and remember all of your all of your studies, and uh, always check. I usually do this in three stages, as I've just said. But yeah, go through, edit right to the end, then go back to the start and really concentrate and spend a few minutes. It's a much shorter checking, a much shorter process, but spend a few minutes going through uh, right to the end and um, seeing if you can rephrase certain sentences, pick up on any small errors, something like that, I guess. Right. Um, as you work with many Indonesians, you must be familiar with the types of errors in English writing uh, made by Indonesians, right? Could you name some of these typical errors that you often find? Um, okay, well, yes, I've already mentioned, yes, it's prepositions are a very big problem. Very many difficult uses of them, which are not obvious. Uh, things such as articles. Uh, in my job also, yes, correct use of tenses. Often we're talking comparing laws from the present and the past, but also things that have happened at earlier dates from the past. So often changing past tenses to past perfect tenses, that's quite common. Um, what else? Yeah, as I've said, I often change things into passive tenses if we don't know what the uh, the subject is, which is quite often. Um, what other errors? Sometimes countable, uncountable nouns, are common mistakes, often not obvious if that something may be an uncountable noun. That comes up quite a lot. Um, keep the formatting, make sure people keep the formatting correct, formatting for numbers and dates, make sure it's consistent all the way through a piece of writing, I think is important also. All right, okay, now let's move on to the next part. Some learners seem to think that writing well in English means repeatedly using big fancy words in our writing to make it sound sophisticated. What do you think about this? Um, yes, some, I mean, the English language, there are many synonyms for words. The English dictionary is enormous. Uh, but don't just use fancy words just to uh, try and prove uh, that you're a smart person or that you're, the writing that you're editing or composing is uh, super advanced and try not to scare people too much with that. In terms of uh, fancy words, yes, Microsoft Word, you can use synonyms. You can right-click and choose different synonyms for words, although sometimes they sound strange and are not exact because the software is trying to guess what you're trying to say. So be very careful with that. But also, uh, Big fancy words, people try and write big fancy sentences more than anything. This is, I think, the most important lesson for writing clearly. People, they will write a sentence and add a subordinate clause here and an extra clause here, and before you know it, you've completely forgotten what the start of the sentence was when you're writing it. So I'm often breaking sentences up into maybe two or even three sentences for clarity. I think that's more important. 
very important in order that writing is clear and easily understood by people. Um, yeah, I think you don't necessarily sound sophisticated using a lot of big words that you may not understand. In fact, it may backfire. You probably may use a word that you don't fully understand or in the wrong context, uh, which will, if somebody realizes that, yeah, you will in, end up looking stupid rather than more intelligent. Right, so uh, context is basically the key word here, huh? Yes, yes, Microsoft Word tries to guess your, the context if you try and use a different synonym for a word and it's not always correct or it's kind of half correct but the word may sound a bit wrong or clunky for, to a native speaker so just be very careful of using that function and uh, trying to use longer, more more fancy sounding words than basic words. It's nothing better than writing in a basic, clear and concise manner, especially if it's more formal writing, you know, that's not uh, artistic writing. If, it's, if you're editing a report or something like that, the most important thing is that it's easy and clear to understand, so that the information is transferred without any uh, ambiguity or doubt, and that everything is clear. Right, but that means also uh, if you actually know a specific word that sounds fancy but you know exactly how to use it in contexts, that would be completely okay to be used, right? Yeah, absolutely. I should say that people, yeah, people should try and expand their vocabularies and uh, of course the English language has a huge vocabulary, so many synonyms for many words. We don't just walk down the street, we stroll, we amble, we mosey many words for so many common nouns and uh, yeah try and expand your vocabulary when you're confident yes absolutely use uh, alternative nouns and adjectives for things right we've come to the end of this podcast so last but not least i'm aware that apart from being an editor you also write for several media companies in indonesia right I, I have done before, yes, magazines and uh, and the like, and newspapers before, yeah. Right, so have you got any advice, final advice, to those English learners who would like to be better uh, at their English writing or who um, hope to become um, an English writer maybe or like writing in English in the future? Yes, well, in, in addition to you know, continuing studying uh, formal English language studies, um, just simply read as much as possible. So you can not just use the correct tense, you know, the correct noun here, the correct plural, but learn how to, as we say in English, parse a sentence, P-A-R-S-E, how to structure a sentence so it sounds natural, so that it has the flow that a native speaker would use to it. And the only real way to pick that up is to read as much as possible, maybe from different sources, uh, newspapers, but also you can try reading stories and novels in English, all types of writing, and gradually you'll develop a feel for the, the parsing, as we say, of sentences so that they feel natural and sound uh, natural and more accurate.
Thank you for all of your valuable insights, Simon. You're very welcome. Thank you. If you enjoy our podcasts, feel free to share them on your social media. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify. Stay tuned for more interesting learning material on Lingua Hub Bali Instagram and Facebook account.